0: Yeah. Um, oh, I can, I can really feel, feel
1: it down yeah. yeah. here. on the floor. Okay. It feels cooler since I've sat down. So Yes. Okay. Um, welcome. T- oh, can we get a volunteer oh to. Yes. Is it in there? No, it's not. Just there
2: isn't anything. You just read
1: it. No, I'm talking about the timer. Oh, the timers. Can we get a volunteer to. Yeah, we did. to- oh, so. Great. Okay. Welcome to the Atheist and Agnostic Special Focus meeting. My name is Terrell. I'm a compulsive reader and your speaker for this meeting. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones and other electronic devices be turned off. I'm supposed to pause. Okay, to protect our anonymity, anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed, except what's here. Um, Let's see. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members who do not represent Region 2 or Region Omnis as a whole. The format for this meeting, for this 55-minute session, is as follows. A short reading, then we will each share for 20 minutes, followed by open sharing. Again, the topic for this special focus session is Atheists and Agnostics in OA. The following is a reading with, from Voices of Recovery, page 315. We now, n- we now need a more reliable way of relating to a higher power. At this point, we learned that we could act as if from the 12 steps and tradi- 12 traditions of OA, page 14. Coming into OA as agnostic, I found that acting as if opened the door for me because my sense of separation from God and others was so persistent, I couldn't use the group as my higher power. I was told that experience is the, next best, is the best way to develop a relationship with a higher power. My sponsor told me to pray for help whenever I wanted to eat over something, whenever I struggled to sit with feelings or tried to work the steps. I set out to follow my sponsor's instructions to defiance, deciding to act as if just to prove it didn't work. To my, to my amazement, it did. Over time, I realized that it is not my job to fully define and to end this power greater than myself. I only need to do my part to keep an open mind spiritually, to earnestly pray for help and guidance when I need it, and to pray for gratitude when I have received uh, we will now share our experience, strength, and hope on the topic. Okay, so well, uh, my name is Carl. I'm a compulsive overeater, I tell. I tell. and I'll qualify to get uh, get that out of the way. Um, uh, I have somewhere around my top weight is somewhere around 325 pounds, and I have 34 years of abstinence. Um, so I'm an old timer. Um, no, no. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, I wouldn't start out as an agnostic atheist. I came in the program basically. I don't know. I came in the program gay. Basically, I came <laughs> in the program gay, and that in the seventies that meant we didn't just deal with with God. You know, HIV changed that. But um, and I, I kind of developed this relationship with God. I kind of established it. I acted as if, um, saying that you know, okay, you know, God works in strange, mysterious ways, and then. Through a, I had a spiritual awakening, which the spiritual awakening was n- there was n- there was no heavens, there was no angels, there was nothing. It was just basically like I was walking th- after a meeting, through a park, and I heard this small, still voice come over me that said, "Terry, you're going to be okay. You, you have as much right to be here as the tree." And it it felt like the first of my life I wasn't breathing your air. It really felt like f- for the first of my life that I had a right to be on the planet because I come from this such a I'm I mean a come from such a dysfunctional family that literally I felt like. I felt guilty from day one. I felt like crap from day one. I was 300 plus pounds. I was just, so, so for me to have that awakening that I could, that I have as much right to be on this planet as a tree was an amazing experience for me. Um, I developed my spiritual experience. I went through, I, uh, I mean, I, I sought spirituality and In my teens, I was noted as the spiritual speaker. I mean, literally, you want to get a spiritual speaker for a Sunday meeting? Get Terrell, because he, oh my God, talks so much about God. He talks so much about God that you should get Terrell to speak. Um, And then I say what happened was the 2000 election. The the 2000 election, um, presidential election, which I know seems strange, but it's part of my story, is that all of a sudden there was all this stuff about God being used right I mean like and then it was I guess homosexuality or whatever gay was back up on the rise and so we had to be berating you know God hates gays God hates this and it's the same God that I'm using and then one year later you know people fly building into an airplane uh, airplanes into buildings saying God's will you know so it's like this twisted this distorted like I'm saying the word God and they're saying God so it kind of made it difficult for me. And, um, and then also, I don't know, but the Discovery Channel really screwed me over too. You know, the, 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 and the History Channel, because they talk about the Mayans and the gods they worshipped. And then they talk, you know, and we talk about Infinity God, I mean, the, the universe. And, and so I just lost that whole thing about a supreme being. You know, I just lost this whole th- whole thing about supreme being and, and my, my co-leader here she got up in a meeting once and she talked about being an atheist and I got very pissed at her and I almost <laughs> thought we should just drum her out no, because you know this is a spiritual God program, God center program when We you know, like just shut up I mean literally that was my ad- opinion just shut up, there's newcomers in the room, be quiet <laughs> you know um, and here I am you know, sitting next to her on a panel talking about atheists and agnostics. God works in strange and mysterious ways, right? <laughs> 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 you know, and so... So I, I had to reckon, right, this... this, My 12-step program where I, where I have been so successful and had so much recovery with a God that doesn't exist. You know, and it was, I mean... I'm not agnostic. I'm not even doubting whether there's a supreme being or whatever. There's some intelligent design. I'm not even doubting that. I'm a firm believer, you know, that we are that we're basically like, I don't know, creatures on a planet. And we're by blessed we're in the go to lock zone of, of science, that this is where we are. And I'm gonna I'm gonna so I, I really can't go over to that parking place God, you know, where I go like, okay, God Give me a parking place, please, please. <laughs> give me a parking place. <laughs> you know, because if someone's in front of me, they get the parking place, right? If they're went that parking place, I mean, literally, like this is, this is, and I, and I, uh, and you know what? I mean, I, people. I mean, this like stuff happens to people, right? We're we're creatures on this. I mean, stuff happens to us. Bottom line, you know. So it's not like I mean, I I mean, I talk about you know don't treat like I mean it's uh, from the podium don't treat God like a slot machine. you put in three prayers and a meditation, you crank the hand on whoop jackpot, you know I had to learn how to have a God of my own right I had to find that higher power that worked for me that somehow so when we say God, when we i mean I thought it was kind of funny reading serenity prayer and an atheist and agnostic me you know I going like seriously, and then when I read this <laughs> then when i when I let, read the quote they got they read for us, I think in, really? This sounds like, well, y'all just wait. You're going to come to a God, right? You just be patient. And just be open minded. And next thing you know, you're going to believe in a God like a higher power. And it's like maybe that's the, you know, being raised Baptist. Maybe that's the whatever where it's like, just you wait. You'll see. One day you're going to realize there is a power greater than yourself, a God that you don't understand, but he will have a white beard. You know? Like... (laughs) I mean, uh, when I read this, I almost my my skimmers come like they didn't ask them atheists to read th- to do this part. I mean, to figure this one out. I mean, I, maybe they did. Maybe I mean, we all have our own higher power, power, right? We all have an understanding of what that looks like. So I had to find something that makes this program work by being a spiritual program where they talk about God in every room. You know, I, I sponsor guys. That are not atheists. I sponsor guys, and I got, and I'll say real quick: Did you pray about it? Did you turn this over to your higher power? You know, you will find peace through God. And uh, there, I mean, they'll, they'll, if you ask one of them, who he's can he'll tell you right out: No, he's not atheist. He might be agnostic, but no, he's he believes in God. And I'm going, and th- I mean, my sponsoring wants to you that about me. I'm going like, no, I don't. No, and all you do. You believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> you, you talk God like nobody else talks God. And it's like, what are you talking about? So what is he talking about? Okay, let's talk about science. There's a reason why a 12-step program works, right? There's got to be a reason why a 12-step program works if there is no supreme being a higher power. In my, okay, and realize, this is my, my opinion, right? This is not over Amos or Region 2 as a whole. Um, of course, I've been to meetings where they talked about Christ in meetings. You're right, you know, and you go like, oh, Jesus Christ, my Lord, Savior, is one of reasons why I'm staying abstinent today. And, you, and it, you know, anyway. So I guess I can have as much room to be in an OA meeting today as being saying, saying so. But how does that God work in my life? Scientifically, they've analyzed, you know, 12-step programs over the years to try, try and figure out why the hell does this work? Why is it that some people are staying abstinent or staying sober? in this. And they come up with a lot of like, this is cognitive therapy. We discuss what we're going on. You know, there's this peer pressure to stay abstinent in these rooms. There's this support group that comes in automatically. We talk about replacing it with service, which is basically getting us of ourselves. I mean, our literature says that we're childish. Not childlike. Childish. Which means we're selfish and self-centered, right? So I gotta somehow get it out of my brain. You know, um, and so there's a power greater than me and I don't know what that power is but when I talk about the power greater than me the other thing when I say God I, I may be more Buddhist in this which I, I mean I don't study religion so I might be completely off base in this but what I understand in my small understanding of Buddhism is that I go like there's some higher sense of self there's a higher thought level a higher degree of where I'm not living in fear where I'm not living in anxiety that I turn my will, my life over to care of that higher sense of self. And when I do that, it doesn't mean I get a parking place, and it doesn't mean my life becomes like, oh my God, amazing. But what happens is I'm no longer fighting the planet. And when I walked in the doors of Over and Arms, I was fighting the planet or victimized by the planet because you don't understand I was going to be miserable just to prove how wrong you how horrible you had treated me as a child, just to prove the point that I'm not gonna shine because if I shine, then I've just made me wrong and you right. That's, or whatever or whatever. I just it I just had to make it so that it, so I totally looked at this as going like, okay, I turned my will, my life over to care of this power greater than myself. So when I tell my sponsees to pray about it, I mean, like, let it go, right? As opposed to, how can I control and manipulate this situation? How can I get this right? What can I do? Because if you're like me as a compulsive video, when I start getting that, that train, that line of thought, how can I... Then it goes... Rrr, 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 it gets this repetitive action. Well, how can I do this? Well, how about I do that? Well, maybe I need to do that. Well, you know, and next thing you know, I'm into the full-blown... Which I believe in the human ego, right, that says I'm the all powerful, I'm I'm it I'm the center of the universe and so forth. And then that fact of the matter is not. I'm just another, you know, organism that's walking the planet with other organisms, right? You know, I'm just another organism that's just hanging out here. And uh, through evolution I seem to be at the top of the ladder for some reasons, and in other other areas I'm not at the top of the ladder, because Lord knows Whales swim better than I do, right? You know, But in, for what, For my cognizance, basically I'm at the top of the evolutionary ladder. Um, it, it's interesting because I, I do these retreats. I, I, I do at least one retreat a month. I mean, one retreat a year. And so I talk a lot on these retreats. And every Sunday morning, it used to be that in the Sunday morning I would talk about God and talk about, in the sense of a supreme being, like a, a higher... A higher thing we go to this this it that we uh, and I, I'm still leading you know I'm still being asked to lead retreats and I'm now becoming an agnostic and atheist and I know how to deal with that I mean how do you deal with like going to you know Galveston Texas and talking about God being an atheist you know um, I don't know I got, I, I got kind of scared a little bit but so what I do now is I now um, when I lead my, these retreats on Sunday morning, I get out a piece of paper and I draw a line down the middle on the left side, I put God, on the right side, I put um, ego and I get interactive with, with, with the people at the retreat and say list the attributes of the human ego and list the attributes of God now, you know, for me, when I talk about the attributes of God, it's my opinion of what my God is and my, uh, my opinion of what the human ego is So when I start talking about that with God, I put um, hope, peace, love, serenity, sanity, um, calmness, and on the ego side, I put fear, anger, resentment, hostility, victimization, and it becomes very clear: what do I turn my will, my life over the care of? Right? What do I turn my do I turn my life and will over the care of fear? Do I want to turn my will and my life over the care of anxiety? Or do I want to turn my w- life and will over the care of hope and aspiration? And I don't... I, to me, the obvious is answer. I mean, the, uh, the answer is obvious to me. Hope and, hope and, you know, evolutionary good and change is a hell of a lot better thing for me to live my life in that, in that way. As opposed to, oh my God, I'm scared. What's going to happen? I don't know. What about tomorrow? I don't know. Oh my God, yesterday I saw it screwed up yesterday. Oh my God, I'm in such fear. That I become peaceful inside. And I'm a firm believer that the reason why we eat, and it talks about it, is that, you know, in our literature, the reason why we eat is because we're uncomfortable in our own skin. And that we find food as a way to take care of that disease, uncomfortableness, the self-hatred, the fear of what you think of me. All that stuff I use food to just stuff it down or like uh, like a aid like to 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 calm me down cuz I would get I mean I would be in the, if I was in my food, I if I was bingeing, I would just I get my food, and I could have it and I I would get that whew, that sense of relief would come over me. So so I I, I believe that that's the reason why we eat. And if we don't have that, that, oh my God, that, you know, that, that we're, we feel like we're calling out of our skin, we don't actually feel the desire to eat as much. That we lose that obsession to eat. So somehow, some way, I, I believe that we have to, in our own way, find that peace. Now, I'm very big about saying it's, not, it's an inside job. It's an, this is an inside job program. It's not an outside job. Because there ain't no car that's going to fix you, baby. Ain't no job's going to fix you. Ain't no partner going to fix you. Ain't nothing going to fix you. Because i tried. I've got an exterior to try and make me feel okay in my own skin. And then nothing happens. All that happens is I get this immediate sense of relief because I've got a new car. Then, of course, I get a dent in the car.
3: <laughs> right? And
1: then on that, I was like, it's not. Or I start dating someone. And then next thing you know, he's not perfect. And so screw it, you know, and then I'm back to being me, with me. So when I, when I turn my will my life over the care of God, it brings me inner peace to my higher sense of self, to love, to peace, serenity, sanity. It brings me peace, and I don't need to feel the need to eat. So I don't get on that vicious, that treadmill, that vicious cycle of I feel uncomfortable in my own skin, so I eat. I hate myself because I eat, because I binged. Well, then only I know how to deal with that uncomfortableness is to eat to binge again. So I hate myself because I binge. So how do I deal with the feelings of uncomfortableness? I binge. Oh my God, I hate myself. And that's that treadmill that I get on. So if I don't start getting on that treadmill, then I find peace. So, in many sense, I guess I also believe that spirituality. I look at it as whole, that I'm the, my whole sense of self, that I'm not, that this is who I am, this is like integrity. When people talk about miracles, I'm gonna gr- I borrowed it from a spiritual person, but it, it works for me. A miracle is a shift in perception. So when I've changed my perception, there's a miracle that happens. So whether you want to say the Red Seas parted and there was like there was one, one moment there was water and the next moment there was no water, shift in perception. Whether one day I feel like I cannot go a day without a donut and the next day I don't eat a donut and I don't feel like I have to need to eat that donut just to breathe, just to feel like I can be and comfort my own skin, shift in perception. So when I hear about the miracles of the program, I translate shift in perception. Not that some finger or whatever. I mean, I and when I was eight years abstinent I used to say, God, there's a white wall here. Come down with your finger of fire that you used to do in the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, where he wrote the Ten Commandments. Just tell me what you want me to do. And no finger of fire came down, and wrote, and told me what to do. But it says in our literature, you want to know what God's will is? if you brings you peace right i haven't done anything where it's not god's will where i go like oh i'm going to get that man i'm going to get that the that one i want or i'm going to make some money oh i'm going to you know what i'm just going to lie a little bit i'm going to cheat a little bit to get some more money that doesn't make me feel comfortable on the inside because i believe just because i'm um, atheist does not make me amoral right mm-hmm. I was joking about the, you know, about the, you know, taking our clothes off, being hedonistic and paganistic. And, I mean, that's what's what some people might think we might do as, a, as an atheist. No. I firmly believe more that I now respect my fellow travelers more because I believe in evolutionary good and I believe that we are getting, be- that we are, we're going to keep going to a higher level as humans, I believe we keep getting to a higher level. We can do more damage because we our brain obviously evolves more. But evolutionary, I believe that we become more loving and peaceful as people. And, I, and whether that's just me being crazy, oh well. One of the things I like to say is, you know, I might be Pollyanna, right? I might just be a Pollyanna here. But so what? At least I'm happy, mm-hmm. Right? So you can be based upon reality or whatever. I mean, I, I Tell this to my sponsees. You know, you can be based on reality or whatever, but I'm the happy one. So if you think you know, you know, m- one thing that I always like to say is, you know, I, I love it when God proves you wrong. And wh- I love it when God proves me wrong, which means that I think I know everything. And to me, being spiritual means I don't know everything, which means being humble. But once again, all that it doesn't mean anything about some supreme being that's going to teach me a lesson. All it means is I'm open to other perspectives. I'm open to other thoughts. So what I'm open to today, to today is that I don't. It's not the solution to my problem. What I'm open to today is if I do patience, love, kindness, and tolerance towards myself and towards others, I'll become comfortable in my own skin, and I won't have to binge. Thanks for letting me share. Okay, okay. Do I just go ahead? <coughs> yeah. Okay. Your turn. Thank you.
2: Hi, my name is Ida. I'm a compulsive re- compulsive reader. Hi, Ida. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm really happy that we're not alone in here because <laughs> I, in 2005 I was on my first atheist and agnostics panel at the convention in Long Beach and I think there were more people on the panel than in the room you know it was just, it was a workshop too so it was a big room and it was very empty and then when I saw that hallway I think I thought boy they are making us go to any lengths to do (laughs) (laughs) this first you have to find the floor and then you have to go to the end so anyhow, yes, when I came in and I looked over the reading, I just went, oh, shit. This is exactly the kind of stuff that drives me crazy. This is why I skip We Agnostics in the Big Book faithfully. And <laughs> because it's, I, I just find it so patronizing, and I refuse to be patronized. So, But I have the perfect reading for this uh, this uh, meeting. I've got to stand. I cannot talk sitting down. It may be the teacher in me, but... Anyhow, well, I've spent 33 years in the classroom, and I do better on my feet. (laughs) Uh, So it is from uh, the big book, uh, and uh, it's one of the stories called Flooded with Feeling, and it starts on page uh, 373. And the, the guy writes, After not drinking for three months, I was on the phone with a friend who had taken me to the first meeting. I was complaining to her about problems at work and how my sponsor didn't understand me. Later in the conversation, I mentioned that even when I described myself as an agnostic, I thought maybe something was watching out for me. She asked, isn't it time you made a decision? (laughs) I knew where to look in the big book and I had been careful to avoid it until then. I turned to the third step prayer and quietly read it to her over the phone. Nothing happened. I didn't expect anything to happen. Then, for some reason, I turned back to the words, no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. They echoed in my mind. Something happened. A barrier collapsed. Without moving or speaking, I was carried away on a flood of emotion. Yet at the same time, I was completely aware of myself and my surroundings. I could hear my friend's voice asking what had happened to me. I couldn't answer. I still can't explain it. I know that I took the third step, turning my will and my life over to a higher power that night because I began writing a fourth step inventory the next day, and I continued to write until I did the fifth step with my sponsor. Soon I had a list of people I had harmed. I talked about each of the amends with my sponsor. By the time I had started setting things right with my family, I began to feel a lot better. More than 11 years later, it's hard to recapture the feeling of that night. What do I believe as a result? I can say that doubting God's existence was no barrier at all to a spiritual experience. Also, I can say that having such an experience didn't lead me to any certainty about God. Alcoholics Anonymous gives me the freedom to believe and to doubt as much as I need to. I just when I first read this story and I read that passage, I thought, well, finally somebody's writing about me because this is exactly—no, uh, it's not exactly my story—but uh, the idea that the only way I know that I've taken the third step is by doing the rest of the steps. My first sponsor pounded that into my head very clearly, and we spent no time on the first three steps. I met her on a Wednesday night. She said, call me every day and write your inventory by the big book and begin right now, and that's exactly what I did. We did not talk about step one, two, or three at all, because talk is cheap, and so we got right into action. But I should qualify that with explaining that when I met her, I had five months of abstinence and I had already lost 50 pounds. So, um, which it turned out I had more abstinence than she did, probably, <laughs> but uh, that's the way that goes. She was sober a couple years in, in AA, and she was um, maintaining a normal weight. But, um, so, she, she planted in me that, um, you know, action was the magic work, and that uh, the only way I know about my internal life is what I exhibit in my external life, and if if, uh, you know, I'm thinking I'm one thing and doing another then I've got a problem going so then um, in the uh, reading that was suggested for today it, uh, it said about acting as if I acted as if for 25 years 25 years and finally, I, you know, I couldn't act as if any longer. So just let me tell you about where I'm coming from. I, uh, had, I was raised, uh, and I do talk about being raised in the Catholic Church. I do not um, badmouth the Catholic Church as part of my amends to the Church. It's because I spent years just foaming at the mouth about the Church. And I used to uh, say at meetings that I was a recovered Catholic until a practicing Catholic set me straight on that and said at a meeting how much that hurt her. And I, so I quit saying that. Because I'm not here to make fun of anybody's religious beliefs. I really don't care what you believe as long as it works for you. It's just like your food I don't care what you eat as long as it works for you you just have to keep out of my plate <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting is since I, I came out of the closet as an atheist people have tried to fix me
0: <laughs>
2: um, I had a woman give me a book you know that was going to fix me. I know of at least one sponsee I have who prays for at least a dead death a dead <laughs> deathbed conversion you know and <laughs> <at the> minimum. <laughs> Uh, I've had people try to convince me that, you know, I not I don't really believe that I don't that I don't really not believe. Follow my
1: mm-hmm.
2: syntax. If you followed that you were in the right program. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, my parents were not married in the church at the time. But all of the children, all six of us, received all the sacraments. And so I don't know how old I was, five, six, somewhere around there. My mother hauled me off to my first catechism class. She handed me over to Sister Stella Maria, Franciscan Sisters of the Atonement, and they looked it. And she, <laughs> she handed me to Sister Stella, and I became a true believer from day one. Day one. I became a religious fanatic with no help from my parents whatsoever. It's just part of me, and it was still part of me when I came into this program, and it served me well, because I started abstaining from the beginning, and I haven't had a relapse, and I've been thin for 37 years and abstinent 38 years, and so that kind of, um, so I know I have this kind of fanatic nature, and I've had to beat it down with a stick. So, like I said, I was. I was extremely religious from a very early age. I wanted, as a child, to die so that I could see God. I wanted to grow up to be a virgin martyr, and <laughs> I and I st- I tell people when I say that at meetings, I say, and that you know, the virginity left before the martyrdom <laughs> did. <dead." laughs> <laughs> and I I just I just had this within me, you know. I had this kind of thinking within me, so. Um, and yet what happened to me wasn't the election of 2000 it was long before that what happened to me was Vatican Council II when the church started to change when things were no longer sins that had been sins and grounds for hell and i'm going what there's no absolute here you know i mean how can it change if it was absolute and you know infallible teaching, et cetera, how could things change? And the, so my, the structure that I was living with began to crumble. And by the time I got out of college, I had um, I had left the church. And I sort of, oh, and also in college, I was an English major, and I wrote term paper after term paper on existentialism, existential angst loneliness. I'm all alone in the world, you know. Oh, I wish there were a God that I own and I just, and what was hysterical, it was a, such a hypocritical thing for me to do. I quoted Sartre over and over and over. I quoted him, never read a thing they wrote. <laughs> I would walk into the library, find a book, find an applicable quote for my title, you know, for the title of my paper, write it down and that was it. I never read anything the only person I actually read anything by was uh, uh, Paul Tillich, who was a Christian uh, existentialist but so I did these fabulous papers and I got great grades on it, and it was just a bunch of shit and it was all hypocritical and and it, it didn 't come from within me, but it sounded good and I grew up in the '60s I know i don 't look it, but i am sixty seven so I grew up in the 60s. You're supposed to go. Oh, you're right. You don't look like it. <laughs> Nobody looks surprised that I sixty <laughs> sixty-seven. So I, but I, so I had this, you know, kind of '60s thing going without the drugs and stuff because I was such a goody-two-shoes, and um, so I, uh, but I left the church, and I stayed out of the church, and I came into O.A. when I was 29 in 1975. And I had read about OA oh, about a year or so before in a Dear Abby column. And, and to my recollection, she talked about God and ending with the Lord's Prayer at the time. I, that's what I remember. I've seen reprints of the letter since, and it doesn't say that, so maybe I picked it up somewhere else. But I didn't come to OA because I was not going to get involved in prayer of any kind until I had suffered enough. And when I suffered enough, I got my ass to an OA meeting, and I stood there, and I held hands at the end, and we did say the Lord's Prayer, and I didn't say it. Didn't say it for about the first my first five meetings, which took five weeks, because I went to one meeting a week. And then, lo and behold, I was asked to lead the meeting, which is stunning. five weeks leading a huge meeting. Uh, it was bizarre. And I only owed one amends by the time I was done leading that meeting, which I thought was pretty good. But, the, uh, but at the end of the meeting, we, got to, we were holding hands, and I thought, you know, since I led the meeting, I better say something. And so I opened my mouth, and the prayer came out, and I remembered it, it was like it, um, it was disembodied. There was no connection between my body and what was coming out of my mouth. But it was the first time that I had prayed in, in years. And uh, I didn't, I didn't uh, suddenly have, you know, nothing happened after that until one day I was sitting in a meeting and somebody said about the group being the higher power, and then I thought, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Then when I gave away my inventory and I had an amends list, and the church was on my amends list everything I wrote about was on my amends list. My sponsor was ruthless. I mean, every single person, place, or thing I wrote about in my inventory was on my amends list. And I thought, how do I make an amends to an institution like that? And it flashed in my head that you go back to it. So I did. I went through reconciliation. To this day, it was one of the most incredibly emotional, powerful experiences of my life. I mean, it was seriously intense. I had called the the local parish and the priest thought I was a runaway nun so he wanted me in there quick (laughs) and he got me in there that night (laughs) and and then when he found out, I he told me he thought I was a runaway nun but um, when he found out I wasn't I think he calmed down a little bit but it was an incredible experience. I went back with a vengeance. I started teaching CCD on Saturday morning and the one thing that was different was that I wasn't going to confession like I used to before because I had a sponsor, so who you know, and that should have told me something, but it didn't. This this lasted a year before the heaven hell punishing God. God was going to take my abstinence if I didn't do if I wasn't perfect, and I realized that um, I had to make a decision between for me for me a religion and a relationship with um, a decent God. And so I quit going to church and I held on to this God, but even before 25, uh, was it 13 years ago now, because I'm, yeah, 13 years ago now, my concept of a higher power was different from what I heard at meetings. I did not have a higher power who interfered with anything physical. Uh, the, The only role that I assigned to my higher power was to change my attitude. And that was all I ever prayed for. I took step 11 literally. Remember, I was a fanatic, okay? I took step 11 literally to the point when my husband and I had a rat infestation in our house. I did not pray for the rats to be removed. I prayed for my attitude. I was crazy. I should have played for those suckers to get lost, but I didn't because I took step eleven literally. So every night I would get on my knees, every night, every night. And after, I don't know, a couple decades of doing this, I was feeling no connection whatsoever, nothing. And one night I got on my knees and I thought, what? Am I doing? And I got up, and I got in bed, and the next day I abstained anyhow. Absolutely nothing in my life changed. And I remember the first time I said atheist out loud in a meeting. It was the light a candle meeting, and it was on. It's on tape, you know, but. But I I said it out loud and uh, nobody ran out the door and nothing changed. I continued to abstain, I continued to have a happy marriage, I continued to sponsor uh, the women that I sponsor, many of whom are intensely involved in the religions of their choice. And nothing changed except that i have been asked to do atheist and agnostic panels and and for the, the truly twisted people i cannot tell you how many times i've been asked to do step 2 <laughs> <laughs> and they know it they know it they know and they ask deliberately because they because they're evil <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not true, They're, they ask because they want a different perspective now you see, I, I believe my role is to remove the excuse of not believing in God from the pantheon of excuses for not abstaining see that's what I get to do for, for uh, people in O Readers Anonymous I can say you can abstain even if you don't believe in God Don't use step three as an excuse. (laughs) And uh, do I believe that there is a power greater than myself? Shit, Yes, I'm in a room full of people. Every single one of you is a power greater than me. Because I cannot make you behave, not for one minute. The only power I have over you is the power you give me. You are all powers greater than me. Okay? So what do I uh, call, what do I, what do I consider my higher power? In one minute. (laughs) I consider my higher power to be the process of the 12 steps because that's what I do when I'm in trouble. I pick up a pen and paper and I write inventory. And then I call my sponsor, and I give it away, and I work the steps. That is what I do when I am in trouble. By the way, I've been with my present sponsor for about 17, about 17, 18 years. I lose track after a while, but she uh, absolutely accepts you know, my spiritual path, and she does not try to uh, change me at all. Um, when I am working uh, with people and I know that they are, um, well, I do know their spiritual uh, preferences, I ask them directly, I thought you were a woman of faith. What are you doing with your faith?
0: Hmm.
2: You know, And I'm a woman of faith, too. I have absolute faith that the 12 steps will save my ass every time because the 12 steps and the process of the 12 steps has saved my ass every time time and my time is up
1: thank you <laughs> I guess the takeaway is you too can get 30 years of absence and being an atheist to become an atheist yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay the meeting is now open for three minute pitches please focus your share on the topic and limit your sharing to three minutes to give others a chance to share the session will end at 155
2: and you have to sign on this paper you have to sign this paper right. sign after you pitch you'll save time
0: I'm Betsy I'm a compulsive
2: overeater
1: you need I'm to come to up here we are being
0: recorded oh, I
1: have yeah oh
2: okay
1: stand in front of God and your maker and <coughs> do I have to talk no, into something
0: no just stand standing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I've had the pleasure of knowing Eda for a long time. And um, I've been in the program 13 years. And when I came in, I didn't think I believed in anything. And I had a really tough time with the spiritual part of the program. And I also came in just to lose weight. I mean, I wanted to lose weight and get out. I thought it was going to be another quick diet plan. And uh, Shortly I realized, when I started to relapse, that it wasn't, that it, it wasn't uh, no uh, the way I was doing it was no different than the way I'd done it before. But anyway, so I I um, was always confused. But once I came into program, I realized that uh, when I would read the 12 and 12, the AA 12 and 12, and in one of the first chapters, they talk about opening the door of a little crack. And that... Uh, made such an impact on me and I thought, well, maybe if I opened the door cracked and nobody was preaching, you know, they weren't preaching in the twelve and twelve. at least I didn't think they were. And I kept the door open a crack and I started to go to meetings and I began to see some of the stuff that OA had accomplished for people. And over the, but I still, I couldn't say God. I couldn't say higher power. It stuck in my throat. For years and years, I had claimed to everybody in the world that I didn't believe in God, because I would married a, an atheist out of an atheist family, and so, um, and it wasn't fashionable to believe in God in, for in my part, but you know, over the years in OA, I have come to expect that believed in the spiritual part of the program, but the most important thing is I would struggle to define a higher power or exactly what that meant. And Ina said to me, she was the first person that said to me, you know, I believe in the 12 steps, and I believe that if I'm in trouble, the 12 steps can get me out of here. And and when she said that, that made so much sense to me because at that point I'd learned to appreciate the program, and I love that term, of design for a living. Um, when I came into the program, you know, I'd had a lot of therapy, and I always thought therapy would fix everything, and it didn't. And what I realized, I was saying to my friend at lunch, or what dinner, I had this huge spiritual hole, but when I came to AA, that hole started to get filled up. And so for me, and I'm kind of a concrete person, and so when I said, when Eda said, I believe in the power of the 12 steps, they can get me out of trouble, I adopted that. I mean, I'll steal from anybody, you know, <laughs> but, but that made a lot of sense to me. And so that's kind of what I use. I. I say higher power a little easier now. Sometimes I say God a little easier. Sometimes I say HP. But, but you know, my thinking has changed, and um, uh, it, it works for me. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. Shall we go? Please.
3: Yes. Judith, I'm a compulsive overeater.
1: Hi, Hi Judith. Judith.
3: This is uh, I came to this uh, group, this meeting, on purpose because I wanted to see what other people, uh, and especially our speakers, had to say about uh, atheism. Now, what brought that up for me was that I recently visited friends uh, who live in, the, in Northern California. I hadn't seen them for a long time. People I really love and respect. They're atheists, they're intellectuals and I really felt sort of cowed by the whole you know discussion Um, because I um, have learned that the 12 steps work in my life and I do like the idea that uh, the 12 steps are uh, all I have to work but I left that visit really feeling you know, why do I why do I believe in God, you know, can I be an atheist and be happy Um, and the answer was, I don't know, because as soon as I thought about, I've been uh, sober in AA for 36 years so I've considerable experience with the 12 steps, I've been coming to OA meetings for about 3 years Uh, so you know these miraculous things that have happened to me how can I say you know I'm, I'm brainwashed really I mean I'm not I'm not saying that everybody's brainwashed I feel as though I'm brainwashed into believing in God but then I thought well how can that be um, when here I stand free and equal in front of anyone I know I how no longer have to live in 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 uh, in self-hatred, and therefore I could not really let go of the idea of a higher power doing done for me what I could not do for myself. And I thought, well, maybe it's chemistry. Maybe it's uh, you know, can I say it's chemistry? Can I say it's evolution? Um, yes, on both counts. I, I think there really is a relationship between that and uh, and eating, and a relation, a, a relationship between eating and becoming abstinent with the help of a higher power what I'm trying to do I think is really twist my mind around the idea from the idea of having higher power who has done these things for me to the idea of being an atheist and it's okay I really like what Edith said about um, about uh, she didn't get it but she didn't lose her abstinence over this shift in thinking that she or she's a shift in feeling too and I think what I I think what's happening is that my head is telling one, me one thing, and my gut is telling me another thing, and I'm not sure whether I should not change everything to my head. Now, as far as uh, the fellowship being my higher power, that would be really nice, but I don't like people very much.
1: <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm definitely a loner.
3: I mean, I'm not staying here because I don't want to be around all you know, all of you. <laughs> I'm actually, it was a lot cheaper, too, where I stayed. But, you know, the idea was it was perfectly okay with me not to stay in the hotel with everybody. Even though I've met people, I've talked with them, uh, I have spent a little bit of time with Betsy, whom I really like a lot, and I seem to do fine with individuals. It's just, you know, the masses kind of... Um, but I still think that that's, that could be a viable way for me to go. So what I'm trying to do is take my way through all of this... This information, these thoughts, these feelings to... I I don't believe that you can change your mind about whether you believe in God or not. Although, my feelings after listening to Ida were that that she thoroughly explored every possibility and I have not thoroughly explored it. Although I did become uh, Catholic for a while and now I'm not Catholic anymore and... uh, uh, I suppose I could, could consider that um, a spiritual experience that I learned a lot about uh, that enabled me to learn a lot about myself as a spiritual person. And I noticed that um, Terrell kind of set, separates spirit from God that both Ida and Terrell do. And I, um, I thought, well, that's interesting. Of course, I know that, that spiritual doesn't have anything do with religion, but uh, there's a possibility that spiritual has everything to do with um, with the mind and the soul, you know, things I do believe that we have souls, I just don't. I just, I can't get any further than that, so it's been really great for me to hear what everyone had to say, and I have found it extremely helpful. Um, I'm going out still as baffled as I was when I came <laughs> in. Which, no, my, my feeling about it, my experience is that when something is troubling, you put it on the back burner and let it become soup. And I've, you know, I it's on the back burner. And I know that that uh, I'm gathering all this stuff. And it's um, it's an important journey for me. It has become a very important journey because of my friends, whom I respect, and um, the friend is there a timer? Oh, I didn't have a threat yeah. one. Yeah, it's actually
1: I think it's probably time up because yeah. it's ten o'clock. Yeah, um, sure. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're out of time? Yeah, we're done. Um ep- too bad you missed a
3: great share. <laughs> Can, okay. we, can
1: you speak in the microphone afterwards so we can hear, listen to her on the tape? <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, it is now time to close this session. I'd like to thank those who have given service at this session and all of, all of you for attending. After a moment of silent pl- silence, please join hands as we close with the O A promise. I put my hand in yours. Not the Lord's
3: prayer.
1: No.
2: It's not on the official list.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay, uh, after a moment of silence. Oh, okay, but the silence is over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Okay, who all knows I put my head in yours? I don't. I know the first line. Okay, um, I put my head in yours, and and together together we we can can do what we we can can never do do alone. alone. No longer, no longer is there a, a sense, sense of hopelessness. No, no longer, longer must we depend upon our, our own unsteady willpower. willpower. We, are we are all, all together, together now, now reaching, reaching out, out hands, honest, hands for power and strength, strength greater than ours. Than our own. As we as join hands, hands we find love, we love and understanding be beyond, beyond our, our wildest dreams. So amen. amen. <laughs> <laughs> Keep coming back. <at> <laughs>
0: Awesome. Thank you Thank you. you, you Okay. I was raised in a I know, sorry I know, I an Orthodox Jewish children's I'm Okay. And, as, and I learned I early.